Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. How's everybody doing? Y'all all right? Cool. Sounds like it. I said, are y'all, are y'all doing all right? Are you happier in church? Are you bored? Say not yet. <laughs> we'll, see how, we'll see how you do, sir. Now, uh, welcome to church. My name is Keith. I'm the campus pastor here. We're glad that you're here at Renew Life Church. Um, we just, we're just celebrated two years in March as a church, so um, pretty amazing. We, we were really, really smart, and we decided to come here and plant during COVID, so it was just great timing. For sure heard the Lord on that one, and, uh, uh, but it's been, a, it's been an awesome journey and a really, really good time, and uh, I just want you to know it's really, really good that you're here today. It's good that you're in church. Look at your neighbor and said, you needed some Jesus today. You know, it's actually, it's actually really good that you're in church. Um, I think there's something special about the people of God coming together, don't you? Yeah. That there's, there's something that happens when we come together that doesn't happen when we don't. You can get a lot of Jesus by yourself, but there's something special about the corporate gatherings, isn't there? There's something special that, you know, th- there's a lot of scripture that points to us getting together with other believers. Um, ones like, where two or more agree on earth concerning anything, it shall be done. Do you know that it's, it's, it's really, really good to pray with people and have other people pray with you? Why? Because where two or more agree on earth concerning anything, it shall be done. Scripture says that one can put a thousand to flight, talking about the enemy. You, you by yourself, you can put a thousand of the enemy to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. It says, where two or more gather in my name, I'm in the midst. I'll say it again. It's really good that you're at church today. <laughs> Amen. Um, and I just want to encourage you right now, turn on your faith. Um, it's not only good that you're here, but you'll get out of today whatever you put in. Wherever your faith is at today, whatever you want to get from God, um, whatever you're ready to receive, will kind of determine what you really get from this word today. And so no shame, no condemnation if you say, well, man, I'm not, not sure if I brought much faith in here today. We'll just turn it on right now. Just flip the switch right now and say, Lord, I, I want all that you have. I want to learn today. I want to grow today. I want to change today. Our, our God is in, is, is a, he's very much into the business of transformation. I don't know why I'm preaching this, but this is like a little side message. Can I, can I, can I just give a side message today? He's not into changing your behavior. He's in the business of transforming you. He's not just interested in just tweaking a little bit of your behavior today, because quite honestly, his love for you has nothing to do with your behavior. We're going to get there in a minute. But he wants to transform you. He wants you to realize that you're a spirit and not just a body walking around. He wants the people of God to realize they're way more than just what they feel and way more than just what they think. In fact, he needs a lot of them to get away from what they feel and what they think and get rooted and grounded in Scripture 
and what he says you should feel and what he says you should think and the real truth. Come on, somebody. We're, we're spiritual beings today. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And that's in, in the spirit on the inside of you today is, guess what? It's perfect. Did you know that there's a part of you that is absolutely perfect? And it's the truest form of you. It's your spirit. Your spirit. <clears throat> guess what leaves here and goes to heaven when you die? Not your body. The real you, the perfect you, your spirit. Scripture even says his big S spirit joins with our little S spirit to affirm that we are sons and daughters of God. Amen? You're perfect today. The real you is perfect. And guess what, we, what our job is to do? We need to get our soul and our body in line with the one that's perfect. I'm preaching way too deep to start off today. That's what today is about. Every time you come to church, like, why are we here? We're here, <clears throat> number one, to scream, because we just need to let some out. We just need to get some stuff out. <clears throat> but we're here to realize who we really are. And when you realize who you really are, things actually begin to change. Today I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about the real you. And I want to talk to you specifically about how an understanding of grace actually completely changes the way that we hear God. How is it that we hear God through the lens of grace? What does an understanding of grace, what is grace, the unmerited, undeserved favor of God on our life, how does that actually begin to affect what we hear him say, and maybe just as important, how we hear our Father say it. Grace changes everything. And it should completely impact and change the way that you actually begin to hear him. I have a question for you today to start off. What if God's been trying to tell you something but because of your beliefs about him, you've been unable to hear what he's saying. What if your belief about him, what if your belief about yourself is actually hindering God, it's actually putting up a wall to, to hear him say some things that he's been wanting to get across to you all this time? Here's what I believe is that when we tap into the grace of God and we actually begin to believe right and begin to tap into who he really is, we will tap into a realm of his speaking and his voice that we've never, ever experienced before. And that's not dramatic. That's not trying to be a cool introduction into the message so you'll listen. I'm talking about a whole new way of hearing God. You may be missing a whole side of him because you actually think that he's one way and he is not that way. He's a way you've never seen him before. If you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. We find Jesus coming um, to John the Baptist <clears throat> to get baptized. Interesting story here, and um, let's just pick up. It says, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. But Jesus answered, let it be so now, <clears throat> for thus is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. 
Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. In verse 17, and behold, a voice from heaven, that being the heavenly Father, said, this is my beloved Son, in who, whom I am well pleased. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we invite you here. We turn our faith on. We, we thank you that you're here to change us, to transform us. We ask you to do that, <clears throat> that we would already start to tap into a new dimension, a new realm of hearing you, a new side of your voice, a new side of your character that we've never seen before. Yeah, I just pray that today that you would reveal more of you, God. We ask you to reveal more of yourself to us in these next few moments in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. Um, anyone in here know someone who's hard-headed? If you know that person and they're sitting next to you, I want you to point at them right now. Just point like hard, like let me know where they are. Okay, I see you. I see you all out there. <clears throat> Everyone's just pointing at each other is what's what really happening. We're all just, we got one guy in the back who's just pointing at himself. It's, it's just a confession, testimony service. It's me. It's me. <clears throat> um, you know, truth be told, all of us are hard-headed in some form or fashion. We, we, we all kind of get stuck in our ways, don't we? What makes a person hard-headed? Well, one of the things that makes a person hard-headed is that they think they know everything. They, when they get a concept, they get an idea in their head. They, 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 set, they, they know what they're doing. They believe that what they're doing is right. They are a really hard person to talk to, right? You try, if, if you want to come and try and give them a better way of doing whatever they're doing or just try and bring a new concept to them, you might as well just go up and talk to that wall over there. Y'all know what I'm talking about? See, they, they have such a belief in what they're doing. They have such a mindset about what they're doing they can't really hear anything else. You know what's interesting to me? Is that what we believe determines what we hear. I'm going to say it again. What we believe determines what we hear. What we believe determines what we let get in. What we believe determines what we might hear from Scripture or hear from a brother in Christ or what we believe Determine what gets in. You know, I remember back in 2018, I, um, I, was, I was working at a church in Amarillo. I joined another kind of ministry. I was helping get it launched. Um, and I went down to Houston for the launch party. They had like a little one-day event for pastors. And uh, I, go, I go to that, that one-day event the next day, and I'm sitting in a couple of sessions. And about the second or third session, the pastor starts to talk about transition. And not like transition for you, like transition for, for pastors and staff that are in a church transitioning to another church. Which made it a very interesting topic. Because the church is notorious for not being good at transition. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We all know. I know you know. I, you know that I know, and we're still not good at it, right? And he starts to talk about transition. And the first thing that he says... He starts off and says, you know, transition is okay. 
I had just kind of sat down and was getting my notes ready, and it was kind of one of those chatty type atmospheres. So he said, transition's okay. And I'm like, amen, amen, pastor. Yep, that's good. And before he could say the next thing, God interrupted my thoughts. And he said, Keith, I said transition is okay. Now, we should always listen when God talks. But when he uses your first name, you should really listen. And it was like he caught my attention. I had just amen. Oh, yeah, transition's okay. I just kind of, I was that hard-headed. It just kind of went in one ear and out the other. And it was like the Lord caught it and shoved it right back in and said, Keith, I said transition is okay. And for the next 30 minutes, God began to reveal and break down a lie that I had believed for a really long time. You see, you want to know what I really believed? I did not believe transition in the church was okay. I was extremely, can I be vulnerable this morning? <laughs> I, was, I was extremely judgmental about pastors and staff transitioning from one church to the other. Um, I just feel like I need to get this off my chest because it'll just make me feel better. I thought a lot of things about people who would do that. I felt like they were uncommitted. They weren't faithful. They were just trying to promote, oh, the grass is always greener at the mega church. Oh, you couldn't get the job done at the little bitty church, so you had to go and hide in a big church. Some of you are like, it doesn't really seem like you're over it. I'm over it, I promise. <laughs> well, I had a lot of stuff in here. And, and, I, and I, what I really believed is like, oh, if you're, if you're, if you're real, what's really, what's really good is that you stay committed, that you're faithful. You're faithful with another man's vision. If you'll be faithful, he'll, he'll, he'll bless you with your own. All scripture, all true. But I did not believe transition was okay until the Lord came and he broke down that lie. And he began to reveal himself through the word of a pastor and through his own voice. To keep the, the story short this morning, five months later, I moved my whole family to Midland, Texas and joined Renew Life Church. I would have been unable to hear him tell my family to go somewhere else. If his grace wouldn't have come in and a revelation wouldn't have come in, and actually revealed the truth and actually just revealed that, oh, transition's actually okay. In other words, it, it, I had to have a right belief before he could speak into that area of my life. Are you catching this today? What I believed mattered. What I believed about him, what I believed about his ways, what, what I believed mattered. And the question that I, I want to ask you today is, what do you actually believe about him? What, what are your thoughts? What is your view of God? Because maybe, just maybe, you might be believing a lie, and that lie is actually keeping you from hearing what he would have to say to you. You may be believing a, a, a certain characteristic or something about his nature, and every time he begins to talk to you, you hear it through an angry dad. Or you hear it through a disappointed father. 
Or you hear it through, some, through, through, a, da, through a dad who's, who's, who's saying, man, you're just not there yet. You're just not good enough. If you could just get your crap together, if you could just do a little bit better, what kind of filter do you hear God through? What do you believe about him? Because what you believe about him matters. You want to know the thing that will, you want to, you want to know the thing that will set you up to hear God the more accurately than you've ever heard him before? An understanding of his grace. Grace unlocks a realm of his voice that maybe you've never experienced before. Because you know what grace actually says about you? It says you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not based on your works, but by the finished work of the cross. It says that you today stand in right, you are in right standing with him. It says, here, here's as a believer in Jesus, here's what grace says. You could have cussed on the way to church and you can still lift your hands and worship. You could have cussed during worship. Let's just take it all the way. You could have said something under your breath about how I can't believe we're singing this song again. And in the midst of your bad behavior, in the midst of your wrong mouth, in the midst of a wrong heart, guess what comes in and covers it? Grace. Where, where, where he actually looks at you and he says, man, I'm pleased with my son. I'm pleased with my daughter. Oh, you, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. It was all bought and paid for by that person that we all fell in love with from the beginning, and his name's Jesus. And I choose to look at you from, from a heavenly, heavenly Father's perspective. I look at you, and I see you clothed in righteousness. I see you pure. I see you forgiven. This is grace. This is the new covenant. Now, can you see how believing that might affect the way that you hear God? Can you see how not believing that might affect the way that you hear God? <clears throat> I feel like there are, thing, there are certain things that... Um, here, here's some of the thoughts... <clears throat> That we have. We believe that our sin separates us from him. And our sin separates us from his love. That our righteousness is based on our actions. That he's mad at us when we mess up. Oh, we had our, our home church. We've been talking around this subject, hearing God, grace. and said, how many of you believe that God's mad at you? Not really many people raise their hand. But they said, we don't believe that he's mad. We believe he's disappointed. And so I asked the question, is he? I want to ask you the question today. Is God disappointed in you? He's not disappointed in you. See, disappointment would be a love in a relationship based on actions. Is your relationship based on your actions? It is not. I'm, I'm just gonna, you're gonna have to give me like five minutes. I'm gonna, it's gonna sound like I'm mad at you, but I'm not mad at you, okay? I'm just gonna get a little bit sassy with it, all right? I'm gonna get a little bit angry at this, at the lies that we believe <clears throat> and the thought patterns that we have. Because we think, 
We, we, you, would, you would look at me. We would have a conversation after church. I said, do you believe God's mad at you? Like, no, man, he loves me. Oh, he's pleased with me. And you, and you say it. And what I'm wanting to help you understand, I want you to go back. I want you to dig back the, lay, the layers and go, yeah, but what do you think on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? What, what thought do you have when you mess up? Do you run to him or do you run away from him? And it will tell you what you really believe. Do you believe that your sin separates you from him? Oh, up here, you say, no way. No, nothing can separate us from the love of God. You can quote the scripture and you can preach that message. But what do you feel and what do you really believe? Because we may not say that, but we'll say, well, I mean, I was, I was gonna speak up in that, in, at work or I was gonna be the one who was gonna pray. But man, I just kind of had a crappy week and I did not do too well. So I just let the more... The ones who read their Bible all week, I'll, let, I'll just let one of them speak up and pray. This is what we think. This is how we operate. And in turn, guess what? It has us hear God say certain things about us. And I'm here to tell you, it's not him. He's not the one saying that. I said he's not the one saying it. Because guess what? He speaks through the finished work of the cross. Can I give you a, a tool today? Every time you think you hear God, you should filter it through these two things. The finished work of the cross, grace, and scripture. Everything you think that you hear, hear him say, that you hear him saying, it should be filtered through the finished work of the cross. It should be filtered through the love of God and the love that he has for you. It should be filtered through this one characteristic. God is good. How good is he? He remembers my sin no more. How good is he? He holds no record of wrong against me. How good is he? I can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus by believing in his son, and I can actually walk in that righteousness. How good is he? I can come boldly into the throne room of grace, even when I'm a mess up, and I've messed up and made all these mistakes, I'm not a mess up, and I can come boldly like I own the place. Amen. Let me say it better. Like I know the one who owns the place. And he Flippin' likes me. He doesn't just love me, he likes me. Oh, someone needed to hear that today. He doesn't just love you, he likes you. Like, does he know how annoying I am? Yes, he does. And he likes you. He likes you just as much as he likes Chandler's hair. It's really looking good today. You're like, I don't know, that's pretty high up there. He likes you that much. <clears throat> And what can be dangerous is if we, have a, if we don't understand about that about him. We will, hear, we will hear someone say certain things to us. Hear me today. The Lord will never push you towards performance. He won't push you towards performance. He may tell you something and you may hear him correctly and you may decide to perform it come on, can I preach? <laughs> you may interpret it the wrong way, but his intent was never to make you perform for him. His intent was never to make you perform for yourself. Oh, and I know for sure his intent was never to make you perform for someone else. 
See, I, I've got to have the filter of grace, the filter of the finished work of the cross. I've got to start diving into it, letting it get from here to here. I've got to be so enveloped in it I, that it begins to change even the way that I hear him. Uh, I'm getting rocked right now by the grace of God. It's changing everything. Because you, you, know you know what happens when you don't believe in grace? You know what happens when you get stuck in the law and you get stuck in that, let's check, the, let's check this box and do this and do that? You wake up every day hearing God say, man, you slept in and forgot to read your Bible today, didn't you? And you'll hear it just like that. He, like you'll, you'll, at least for me, I can get really sarcastic. Way to go, dude. Three days in a row, you're a pastor. Didn't even read your Bible. Church is going to do really good now. But, but there'll be a lot more people this Sunday, whether you're in your non-reading plan you got going on. We base his blessing, hear me today, we base his blessing on our obedience. We base his love for us on our obedience. This is what we will do. And because we think that way, we hear that way. Because we believe that way, we hear that way. What do I need to do? I'm wanting grace to come in and knock down every lie that you got on the inside of you that says you got to earn it and says you got to deserve it and says that you're not good enough. And if you would just do this, you'd be better. I want to knock down every one of those stupid lies today. And you need to hear the grace of God come in and you need to hear God say these words, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You know why I chose this passage today? Because here God breaks through the heavens and, and audibly says to Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You know what's fascinating about the story? Jesus hadn't done anything yet. He hadn't done anything. He hadn't healed anybody yet. He hadn't walked on water yet. He hadn't multiplied food yet. He hadn't raised Lazarus from the dead yet. He hadn't even preached the gospel yet. Fascinating. He has done nothing, so to speak, that's been recorded that we can see in his, he had not started his ministry, his work. Oh, let me say it this way. He hadn't started serving God yet. And before all of it, God looks down and says, this is my beloved son. And not who I'm just pleased with, who I'm well pleased with. Can I ask you today? Have you ever heard God say that to you? Have you ever heard him say that to you? You're his beloved children in whom he's well pleased. He's, he's, he's well pleased with you. His pleasure is on you. He looks down and he's pleased with you. Some are like, there's absolutely no way. There's no way. There's no way he could possibly be pleased with me 
after what I've done. I deserve judgment. I deserve to pay for what I did. Do you know all of, his, all of your judgment was poured out on Jesus? I said all of your judgment was poured out on Jesus. All of the punishment poured out on him. Which, which means this, he's not pouring out his judgment on you today. Come on, if y'all don't like this, at least I do. I'm getting, I'm getting all jacked up. <clears throat> He's not sitting up on the throne judging every action that you have. There is zero judgment towards you today from the Heavenly Father. There is nothing but love for you and adoration for you and pleasure for you. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. You're like, well, well, pastor, yeah, but, but hold on a second. Are you saying we can just go out and sin, do whatever we want because we're covered? <clears throat> no, I'm not actually. I'm not saying that. When you understand grace and when you understand he's been that good, I'm sorry it doesn't make you want to go out and sin. It doesn't. That, that would be like, that would that would be like, be like me coming to you and just giving you five grand and then you walking away mad at me. And be like, man, I can't stand that guy <laughs> giving me five grand. I'm going to take it, but forget him. <laughs> Doesn't make you want to go out and make my life miserable. That goodness that is given to you would create a relationship between me and you. I promise you, if you came up and I gave you $5,000, you would love me. And you would never leave my church. <laughs> See, his goodness and his love makes you draw closer to him. Makes you fall in love with him. And makes you begin to hear him in ways you've never heard him before. That, you'll, that you would actually begin to hear him say, I'm proud of you. You're doing a great job. Man, I actually, I actually think that you're crushing it. Man, just, just keep doing what you're doing. I know, I know you're struggling a little bit right now, and you're in the midst of a trial, but I've got your back. Have you handed it all the right way? Nope, but you're forgiven. Keep going forward, bro. You got this thing. Just keep moving step by step with me. I'm with you, you in me, I'm in you. You're good. You're in right standing whether you face this trial correctly or not. Whether you get out of this season what you're supposed to get out of this season or not. Come on, I'm about to use all the church lingo here. Man, you know the Lord, he just did you get did you get what you needed out of that season? Did you get what you did you get what you needed out of that season? Come on. I don't like the way you're coming at me when you say, am I getting what I got out of that season? Like, what? We put so much pressure. Should you get out of, this, out of a season what he wants you to get out of it? Uh, yes. A hundred percent yes. 
but can you do it and not be so weird and so serious? I mean, like the way that we talk to each other is, can we just, like, it's so law-based. Even how we describe what we're in. Yeah, man, I'm just going through a season. Well, you can go in your season alone because I don't want to be around you because you look miserable. Your season is, what season is it? Because I'm asking the Lord not to give me that one. We're just so, we're so freaking serious. Like, that, it, some of it even, it bothers you that I said freaking. I did it on purpose. I don't usually use it, but if you got a little religion in there, I'm just trying to just pick at it. Sorry, it's second service. If we ever go to three, watch out. <laughs> I, I really won't care. <laughs> The more you preach grace, the more grace gets on you. <clears throat> is grace a license to sin? No. It actually, it actually has you pursue God like you've never pursued him before. Man, it, it, despite all that you're doing, despite all your mess ups, man, you just you get more free and you get more lively. There's more light about you. It doesn't mean that you don't go through tough times. It doesn't mean that life su doesn't suck sometimes. It does but you realize who's with you and who's for you and who is so working things out for your good. Oh, man, when you, you know when you're going through a tough season? You know what grace, you know, you know what the law says? Oh, you're in this season because of you. You messed up. See, I'm telling you, that, that thread of law is in all kinds of stuff that we just got to dig it all out. And what if the Lord actually is testing you because he wants to grow you? And you, when, he, when you are find yourself in those places, it doesn't even touch your identity in him. You see, what grace actually does, I actually believe that the deeper revelation you get of his grace, the harder things he can talk to you about. That's really what happens. He can come in and he can point something out to you. <clears throat> this is less of a message and more of like a talk today. So I'm just bouncing all over the place and it is what it is. But it's when you understand his grace, that it's not about what you do or you're not doing. He loves you literally unconditionally. You know what unconditioned means? It actually means without condition. Super deep right there. I don't know if you're still on Twitter, but if you're going to tweet something, right there. <clears throat> it, when, when, you, when you understand that, he can show you something about your life, and you don't take it so hard. You don't get down in the dumps. You don't think it's a knock on your character. You don't think that he's mad at you. You don't think that he's disappointed in you. You just take it for what it is. Yes, I, I gossip a little bit. You're right, Lord, I'll fix that. Thanks for giving me the strength to do that. And thank you that by grace you revealed it, and through faith I'll, I'll accomplish that. I would have never seen it if it weren't for you anyways. Would you help me? As opposed to, I'm a gossip. Oh, I'm still, oh God, I'm still doing that, Lord? Oh, my gosh. Man, now I'm in a season. 
just can't leave it alone, the season thing. <laughs> you know, one of the, the three declarations that we give our, our kids' ministry um, is, number one, God is a good father. Jesus is the perfect Savior, and the Holy Spirit is my best friend. You know what filter they're seeing God through from a young age? He's good. That he's good. You ever talk to a kid? And ask your kids what you think, what they think God thinks about them. It's borderline prideful. Because they believe they are amazing. They Crushing it? What's above crushing it? Because that's what they're doing. I mean, they, they just like, there's no question that they're good. There's, there's no question. Because we teach our kids from a very, very young age, and you were taught the same thing. You were taught the love of God. Where we start off our little ones just singing, what's the song we all sing? Jesus loves you. And for some reason, when we get older, we feel like we just need to usher in the law, make sure they're living right. His grace is the very thing that empowers us to live the way that we really want to live. I think Joseph Prince said this. I haven't read it myself, but I heard that he said this. He said, you want to stop smoking? You want to stop actually Every time you pull out a cigarette, as you're smoking, just declare that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine? First of all, I'd love to see a person doing that because that's got to be awkward and I want to be a part of it. In fact, give me a cigarette. I'll smoke with you. I'm the, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's one more. You don't got it yet. I'll take one more. I did smoke a cigarette. No, I'm kidding. I did not. I'm just going to take it one more notch to see if you're okay with it. Um, <clears throat> but the point is, you want to stop smoking? Start declaring. And you will. Because it's what you believe about you and what you believe about him that enables you to do the very thing he's called you to do. So you see, what you believe matters. I'll close with 1 Corinthians 13. <clears throat> it's a scripture we all know. It's about love. We hear it at every wedding. We all know the truth that God is love. Notice what it says here about this love. It says love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. You want a filter? You want a filter to hear God? Right here. Right here. Do you hear him through the filter of patience? 
Do you hear him through the filter of kindness? Do you hear him through that, that he's not jealous or boastful or proud? Do you, do you hear, hear him through the filter that he's not rude, he's not irritable? He ain't mad at you. That he's not rejoicing about injustice and that he hadn't given up on you. He hadn't, he's not keeping a record of wrong, you being wrong or him being wronged by you. There's hope in his voice. There's faith in his voice. There's a I'm for you in his voice. This is how he talks. This is what he sounds like. Oh yeah, even, some of you are thinking, yeah, but what, pastor, there's a scripture that it says that he disciplines those that he loves. He disciplines those that he loves in love. Will his love come and discipline you? Absolutely. It's called conviction. And guess what conviction isn't? It's not condemnation. His conviction comes with no shame or guilt attached to it. He, so my question is, do you hear, can you put the scripture back up? Do you hear him this way? Is he patient with you? Do you feel like he's patient with you? Do you feel like he's kind? Do you, is he, do you feel like he's irritated with you? About three or four weeks ago, I was sitting right here and I was, Braden was preaching and I was doing ministry time. And I'd never had this happen to me before, but I felt like Jesus walked up beside me. And it was, it, the, the best I can describe it to you is it was this feeling that, <clears throat> you know, um, <laughs> I have way too many jokes, but it's the same feeling that you still get when you take out the trash at night and you're scared that someone's behind you. Y'all don't even look at me like y'all gotten over that yet because you haven't. You're like, oh, who's behind me? Some of y'all, some of y'all, just let me taste, do my rabbit trail. Some of y'all talk out loud and you sing because you're like, in case anyone's there, you just stay unscared. Or you do the, oh, I know you're there. Anyway, moving on. <clears throat> it just kind of felt like his presence was up beside me. made me emotional, like it was just this, it was an amazing thing. <clears throat> I, I minister and then second service comes around. I, by the way, I've never had this thought before, never had this feeling before. The, the a whole experience had kind of just gone right out my mind. Second service starts, I come in halfway through worship and not thinking about it at all and all of a sudden I feel like he walks up beside me again. I had, I had my coffee in my hand. I, I'm sitting there singing, I'm singing worship about him here, but I feel like he's standing right beside me. And I'm just like, it's, it's like this intimate moment. And not, not joking, this is the picture that came through my mind. I felt like he reached over. I had my coffee cup in my hand. I felt like he went like this. To knock the coffee out of my hand. Like, hey man. We're good, relax. But just like, just like a brother, you know that he's your elder brother? That's what scripture actually says. If, and, and if I could just be offensive to you today and get that image of him in your head. Will you stand up? 
just play me for a second, like I said. Can you imagine him with a cup of coffee? Hold it up while you're about to drink it. And Jesus just comes and goes. Thanks for letting me hit you today. <clears throat> like, like he's, he's, he's from me to you. This is him. This is, this is Jesus. Now I'm hitting everybody. <laughs> this is so him. He so loves you. He's so not disappointed in you. He's so in love with you. He so cares about you. He's not at a distance because you jacked up this week or because you got sin still in your life. He is not scared of your sin. He proved it when he went down to the grave and beat the crap out of it. He beat it. And he freed you from the power of sin and death. His new covenant remembers your sin no more. Even the picture, like sometimes maybe I might just start preaching down here. Because we, we put God up here like, oh, I can't touch him. When he's among his people. When he's involved in the messiness. That's why he made everyone so mad. Because he went, he went and hung out with sinners. You're going to go to Zacchaeus' house? Bro, he ain't even over five foot four. Why are you going to his house? Dude had to climb a tree. He's messed up. He's stealing money from everybody. Yeah, I'm going to go to his house. Let's just see. Let's just see what all the religious people think when I roll over to Zacchaeus' house. Let's just rile them all up. You know, Jesus started his ministry that way. He just started, he started his ministry blowing up religious people's beliefs. That's what he did. All right, would you stand? <clears throat> I want you to leave today with that. Just like, man, I'm good. Do I still have things to work on? Yeah. Guess who's going to help you do it? Him. Guess who's going to give you the power? Him. Guess where you should put your faith? In Him, not in your good works and your discipline, your will. Eh. So what if I mess up? You're good. What if I try really, really hard? Probably don't try really, really hard. Just rest in Him. I remember talking, this, this one blew my mind. I was talking to, to Braden about grace. I'm just like, man, I just can't seem to get it out of my head and into my heart. And he said, he said these words, and I was just like, oh my gosh. He said, well, you get grace by grace. Don't strive for grace. How ironic. Man, I've got to be better at grace. What? <laughs> but we're crazy. We're just crazy. I talked, I've been talking to people about this. They're like, how did we miss this? How, how have we not seen this before? I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. 
literally it is everywhere you look. Go open the New Testament and begin to read through the filter of grace. And you'll begin to see it everywhere. That the new covenant, there were prophecies in old that were saying, hey guys, I don't know if you've heard about the new covenant that's coming, but his grace and his mercy is going to cover all unrighteousness. And he won't hold the people's sin against them any longer. Can you imagine hearing that back then when you were living in the law? They're like, there's going to be a time that comes where God doesn't, he's not going to hold their sin against them? Yeah, can you imagine what it's going to be like to live then? And we're living in it. We're living in that new covenant. It's liberating. It's free. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.